Thank you so much for tuning in to Talk Jive Radio. I'm Kelly J. Lewis, and on the phone with me, a very special Indian indeed, Miss Sarah Adams Cornell. How are you today, ma'am? Well, I'm doing great, Kelly. I appreciate you giving me a call and excited to, to chat it up with you today. I know, right? I mean, I've been trying to get a hold of as many Indians as I can during this time to see how everybody is faring. Because, you know, we, we, we've been fortunate to talk to so many different Indians from different walks of life, and everybody does such different things, but a lot of it's community-oriented. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. I really wanted to get up with you and see how the matriarchs are doing and see how you're faring during this time and uh, just uh, how, how we're going to continue through this to recovery. Absolutely. Yeah, I think we've all just had to do so much um, adjusting, uh, to, to try to keep our, our people and our elders well, that, um, you know, I'm, I'm so glad that they're, that people are taking it seriously and, and doing our best to protect, you know, our, our elders, um, ultimately, because we know how important they are to our community. And so, um, you know, I've definitely seen, you know, those precautions happening in, in my community, but at the same time, one of the things that I think makes Indigenous people so resilient and strong is our tribal ways, you know, that way of living together, that way of celebrating together and um, our, our tradition and our ceremony. And so because we're not able to gather in those places and do those things, I think it has taken a toll on a lot of our communities who, you know, that's where we find our strength. That's where we find our, um, you know, kind of that extra push to work harder and hang in there when there is so much oppression and so many things that impact us on the regular. So it's been um, challenging to find ways to still connect, but um, you mentioned matriarch and something we're doing there is we've taken our classes and we're doing them over Zoom. We're doing them online um, so that our sisters still have an opportunity to engage, learn something new. And then we take, um, we've kind of shifted that somewhat to really um, put more focus on giving our sisters time to talk, um, support each other, find avenues that we can help each other out Um and that's that's kind of been the name of the game recently. Uh, so it's it's been working. Uh, it's not the same as being in, in person, of course, but it's it it'll do for right now. Let's talk about uh, the services that are that are out there and how we can continue to kind of keep that connection. Because one thing that I've noticed since since we've been in quarantine and since we've been um, doing the everything, virtually and via phone, I noticed for myself that the news from Bernie Sanders uh, dropping out of the presidential race to the stimulus package to that frustration for small business owners and now today's news of the um, Comanche Nation and the Oto mm. Missouri's mm -hmm. uh, breaking with the other tribes in Oklahoma to come to a agreement with Kevin Stitt. I, I'm still not sure of the details as of this interview. Um, mm -hmm. I just know the headlines and what I've, what I've seen and mm -hmm. 
it, it's really tough to keep those spirits high when it's just mm-hmm. like disappointment after disappointment. Absolutely. And I think that's, um, you know, we always have to um, do our best to self-regulate, you know, our exposure and understanding and being really self-aware of our needs um, and boundaries for information and um, to, to do a good job of balancing that with joy and balancing that with hope and the things that we have in our lives that that help us to fill that balance. I've definitely had to pull myself away from the news and go, okay, I'm allowing myself this much time for, um, for news. And then I turn it off because it, it really, it has an impact on my mental health and my well being. And so I, um, you know, I definitely have had to kind of set those parameters for, for myself personally. Um, and then, but I have seen on the, the counter of that, I've also seen this amazing outpouring from Indian country um, for people offering services, their services for free to other indigenous people. For example, there was a, a Zoom call this past, I think it was Friday, uh, with Linda Black Elk, who is an ethno, an indigenous ethnobotanist. Um, and she did this whole hour of teaching about um, making teas and salves to help with lung health, like especially um, as it pertains to COVID, right? So she's like, she like dove into all these old ways and old medicines for people to say, here's how we can heal ourselves. And here, here are the things that you need to be harvesting and here's how they're going to impact you. And I thought, how cool is that? Like it's, it's um, technology but it's using that for our old ways that heal. And so I've seen this like across Indian country. I know you have to everything from distance powwows to, um, you know, beadwork, um, like uh, tutorials. And I even saw an indigenous bingo game on Facebook. I don't know if you saw that, but that was really cool. You know, though, I, I don't know if I could do a virtual bingo because, you know, you know how, like, some people are, like, cutthroat and, like, have all the trouble, <laughs> like, like, get all, like, mad and suspicious whenever, whenever yes. anybody yells bingo. <laughs> that, that's what I would miss about bingo being in person. But I could, I guess, set all, all the, the trolls and all my daubers up. <laughs> you can. I mean, you can do it up as big as you want to if nobody's watching. <laughs> I know, right? You know, as ultra competitive as I am, there'd probably be nobody that'd want to play anyway. So. <laughs> I'd be like, no, you, you didn't that, go. that lady playing 27 <laughs> I said cards. And <laughs> uh, yeah, Matrix is actually talking about doing something similar, like a, a bingo uh, night where, you know, you get on Facebook and it's Facebook Live and everybody plays and we like you know, we'll mail you a roll of toilet paper if you win or something. <laughs> How fun. How fun. Well, and so let's talk about recovery, though. Let's talk about how you see things changing because of this. Because one thing that we do know, the nature of work will definitely change. Um, mm-hmm. The way organizations like yours, um, this, this has to affect it in some way. So what are some of the things that you're going to take away from this? And what are some of the things that you're going to leave behind? Like those, those inefficiencies 
that mm-hmm. everybody can kind of see now like, oh, well, that really could have been an email kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think you're exactly right. Like it has this um, if there is a, a silver lining to, you know, this pandemic, it has shown us um, the, you know, all the places where we're, you know, not being um, efficient in our lives. And I, I would say that that's not always a bad thing. But I would also say that on, you know, it's an equity thing, too. I think that's one thing that this this um, virus has really opened me up to um, is the inequity of, of um, you know, for, for different people in different parts of the country, um, because, you know, especially with school, how we're doing everything kind of virtually right now. There are kids all over who don't have access to Wi-Fi, right? Like, so their academic, like their ability to stay up and to excel or even just like not backslide is really hindered because of inequities, um, you know, because of poverty or where they live in the state. Um, so I think we will we will see a lot of changes that come out of this. I think we're going to see a huge change in education um, in how we offer um, some of these opportunities to our kids and how they're going to progress over the next school year. I also think offices are seeing um, the, you know, how productive their employees actually can be from home. Um, I'm working from home right now and it's been, it was a huge adjustment, but I actually get a whole lot done here because I, I'm not visiting with coworkers as much <laughs> and things like that. Um, but yeah. And I think as far as like our, organizations um you know it's giving us opportunities to, to see like how do we reach our women our sisters who are unable to come to these classes there are a million ways that we can still stay connected that maybe we weren't thinking through as much as we do now um even things like um i know i was talking to kendra and we were talking about um doing um like bundling some cedar and, you know, giving like a a little bit of flour or something like that, some blue corn or something and dropping it on the porches of our matriarch sisters, just so that we, they know that we're thinking of them and caring about them. And even those little simple things help connect us as community um, and keep our spirits up. So I think those are just a few of the ways that we're going to see change after COVID. That's a really beautiful idea. And you know where I see the equity disparity is really in the rhetoric of the leadership on the federal level, Mm -hmm. on the state level. Mm -hmm. Uh, When the Texas lieutenant governor says there are more important things than living. Right. That's a really privileged viewpoint to have. I don't know any Indians who have that viewpoint. None yeah, that I know. It, 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 it isn't. It, I mean, it's, it's the same rhetoric repackaged of, well, your elders have lived good lives. Just let them die. Right. They're, they're a drain that's, on the economy and society anyway. Kind of thing. That's a, and, absolutely a rhetoric from a from a group of people who feel that others are disposable, right? Like mm-hmm. they're, they're that disposability and a group of people who don't value wisdom of that generation is like, your grandma ought to slap you. <laughs> right. 
it is. It well, is absolutely uh, very, it has helped us see people in a new way. And, and I think too, like the people who are protesting right now out on a, you know, in different areas without masks and who are saying that this is a hoax or whatever, it's like, are you serious? Like how the people are dying. How are you not, how is this possibly a hoax? Because it hasn't affected them personally yet. And yeah. here yeah. in Oklahoma, we, we are so far behind the eight ball because I mean, do you really think that our governor has requested any kind of extra testing, any kind of extra PPE, any kind of extra anything? He's still getting his due did. You know, yeah, yeah, without yeah. and, and exposing I mean, the the very people that he's calling in to service him. Yep, and I think too, like I mean, I'm sure you saw the pictures today, the the signing. The I mean, that's a whole other issue, but the the gaming compacts that were signed by the Otos and the Comanches today, like they were definitely not practicing six feet. And one of my sisters was like, they they had no masks on. They were there he is not he is not taking any of the precautions that he himself has asked um his content you know his his constituent constituents to abide by. And so it's like dude, like, I know that this was probably his biggest photo op of the month to see, you know, these tribes signing and he wants to probably just, you know, make it the biggest deal that, you know, these two tribes have signed over, but it still just shows a gross lack of leadership to, to not be, you know, distancing or wearing a mask in as they sign these, you know, compacts. Well, and that's another thing, too, the protests. And I was going to, that's actually where I was going next. It's so crazy to me. Well, and actually the protests, when they do wear the masks, it's like you obviously get that there's an <laughs> issue, right? I mean, you're you're protecting yourself uh, yeah. from that, yeah. but yet you're out here protesting to go back to work when we have absolutely no idea of our exposure level here in Oklahoma. And now we've right. got these two nursing homes mm-hmm. who we realize like, I don't know, 80% of each, each of their, each of their respective residents have been diagnosed with COVID. Yep. So we don't, you know, there's, there's so much we're seeing tribal members now. Uh, pass yeah. away from complications uh, of yeah. that it, and it's gonna hit Indian country hard I just we know it is and I I what can you do about it what can we really do except to continue to self-impose social distancing yeah you know I think that really is absolutely what we have to do I mean if we because you know even this past week when I went to the grocery store, there are tons of people not wearing masks, not taking any precautions. And, um, it really is, you know, and, and I think, you know, the, the mayor of Oklahoma city, I really like him. Um, mayor Holt was saying, you know, like we shouldn't ever, we will not be, nor should we have to have armed guards in the street mandating that you protect yourselves and your neighbors, you know, like this is human decency. Just, just look out for each other, love each other enough to want to save your neighbor's life, you know, by wearing a damn mask, you know, it's not even asking for, 
blood donations or anything else. We're just saying cover up your, your mouth and nose with a mask. It's the least you can do. And we do. You know, I have friends um, who have definitely like self-imposed rules for their, their family who aren't taking it serious and their, um, you know, their communities by putting signs on their door and things that say, look, this is what we're practicing. And if you come here, this is how it's going to be. Um, and I think that that's a really smart way to do it. Well, and so let's talk about that kind of recovery going forward in Indian country. What do you think as, as guardians, you know, cause the, the people of our generations, we're the ones that are having to take care of our elders. We're the ones that have grandchildren and children and are, are really having to take that responsibility and, and adjust from that point. So how are the matriarchs dealing with that and kind of looking forward to recovery once we get to reemerge? Yeah. Well, we've had a ton of sisters who are, um, who are, um, oh, what is the, the term again, where you're staying at home, um, sheltering in place with their parents so that they can care for their parents. And um, also we've got sisters who are, you know, who have completely taken on the responsibilities to do any, um, anything that needs to be done outside the home for their elders to kind of remove that, um, you know, to just put one more thing in place to try to help keep them safe. But I think, um, you know, that that's one thing that, it has definitely done for me personally has given me this. It's like almost this fuel expediency to make sure that we are learning from our elders, right? Like that we are, that we are taking advantage of all of the opportunities that they put before us to make sure that we're learning our languages and that we're learning our ways and that we're recording these stories and that we don't, we don't take them for granted, you know, or these opportunities with them for granted. And so I think that that has been something personally that, that has uh, shifted in me is um, time. You know, we, we are, um, we don't know what tomorrow is going to bring and we need to not pretend like we've got all the time in the world to get our shit together. Right. And, um, so that, that's been a, a huge piece is like, you know, we have to protect them and protect our ways. Like that is how we're going to survive as people is through those ways. You know, one of the things that I'm seeing now in Indian country too, is with so many people and, and not even passing from COVID just, people just coming to the natural end of their lives. And what we're seeing, especially across Indian country is we can't celebrate their lives and we take our death very seriously. Mm. Indians, I don't care what tribe you are. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. And so we're seeing, um, one of our, one of our most highly respected Kiowa tribal members passed away he was a federal officer, a retired federal officer. So, you know, and you know how, how law enforcement officers are. They come out in droves when it's one of their own. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so how are, 
I think that that's going to be something that we really have to look at. And I think a lot of people are going to have a hard time with it, especially if they lose loved ones during this time. And I'm talking about Indian people. I think that we're going to have like some kind of guilt when this is all over with for not being able to have that send off, do those things, Mm -hmm. have those uh, ceremonies at that time. So how, what do you suggest that we do to kind of alleviate that guilt? Yeah, I think too, I think that is a really good point. And so many of our tribes have very specific protocol and ways about burial and when they're in the ground and the meals that follow and, and the ceremony that takes place, you know, with, on certain days, you know, after someone walks on. And, you know, I know that that has absolutely put a a huge wrench in being able to honor those ways. But I think that just like, you know, it, it, and this is even a, a whole other topic that we could go on for an hour on, is, you know, uh, you know, using air quotes, tradition. You know, like we have had we are the most adaptable people I I can think of. Um, I think people of color in general are very adaptable people. And so even though we see this as tradition, like, yeah, they needed to be in the ground on this day. Well, that couldn't happen. And so we adapt, right? And so our tradition can adapt. We can still have those celebrations, those meals, those times of remembering after this epidemic. And I think it's incredibly important that we do because we have healing built into those ceremonies. There, are, there is um, healing built into those ways. And if we are like, well, we couldn't do it the way we wanted to do it, so we're just not going to do it, I don't think serves us as people. I don't think it, it helps us to have that time to mourn, to release, to be, um, to be served by others through, in our grief. And so I really hope that we will take time after this is over to still to still have those ceremonies and traditions and get together and celebrate those lives that were lost or, or commemorate them in some way, um, because that's an incredibly important part um, to our to our health as a as a people. That's absolutely right. Now, with these last few minutes that we have, I'd like to talk to you about um what you would say to our leadership how you would encourage our leadership and our matriarchs and our our other uh people who who feel that responsibility just what do you think that leadership should do to make sure that we have what we need to survive this Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I think making sure that leadership is always accessible to to their citizens to hear from regular everyday people, not people who are sitting in in power situations. I think that's a very that can become a bubble when you're in those spots um, of leadership to just listen to the people around you. I think making sure that you listen to your citizens and have open forums and and ways for them to communicate with you. So you meet the needs of the people. And I think in circumstances like this, 
pro, like um, protocol or like, well, this is the way we've always done. It has to go out the window. Like we have to be my, my belief is that we have to be flexible right now. Like the people are going to do best when they're flexible to change. And so if that means that funds need to be diverted to, to food or helping with electric bills or, um, you know, travel costs or whatever it is that we have to be flexible during this time to meet the needs of our citizens and to be open to being champion for those citizens who will never have the opportunity to go to the tribal council and say, Hey, like this is, this is uh, a big impact for me and many other families. Um, So just listening and keeping those avenues open for tribal members to, um, to talk. But I would also say as a part of the Choctaw Nation, like so many of those services are only open to tribal members who are in the 10 and a half counties. So it leaves your urban population really vulnerable because there are just less services. And, um, and so I would say like, change that, open that up, serve all your citizens and uh, make sure that there's more equity. I think that's a fantastic point. And you know, that's that's the Choctaw Nation. Think yeah. about these other tribal nations that only have two or three counties mm-hmm. within their service area and within their jurisdiction. That leaves right. a lot of tribal members out like myself. And, you know, and, and yeah. I, I, I try not to ask the tribe for help because I know that there are other tribal members who need it, who, right. who need it a lot more than I do. Mm-hmm. And so what do you tell uh, the matriarchs and how do you encourage other women, especially young mothers during this time, to kind of hold on and to decompress? Yeah. Well, our main thing is that we allow space for them to communicate that, whatever it is. Like simply listening is giant like we we obviously don't have the answers nor the capacity to go out and fix all these problems for our sisters but what we do have is the ability to listen and and sometimes that's all it all they need is sometimes that's all i need is i don't need somebody to fix it you know i'm a smart woman we're all smart women but we need to confide we need to be able to tell somebody our worst fears um even you know no matter how irrational they are we need to we need that opportunity and the space to say those scary things and to feel support from other women. And most times there are other women that are going, yeah, me too. Like, that's how I feel. And it builds this support or this um, this connection that automatically does things like in for matriarch you start calling those sisters, you text them, you go, Hey, you know, I, I remember you, you mentioned this and um, you know, I, I'm going to run by today and drop this off at your porch, or I just wanted to check in on you. And, and so it builds this um, support system that is vital, you know, especially for single moms who are struggling if they're in domestic violence situations where um, communication access is limited. It, it is so important that we keep those spaces Um, for that communication. So that's kind of how we're doing it at Matriarch. That is a beautiful thing. And especially for young mothers who may have already been ill-equipped for Mm -hmm. 
for motherhood and to move mm-hmm. into that and to know, especially uh, native mothers, Indian mothers, mm-hmm. because I think from a very young age, Indian women are put in competition with each other. And that mm-hmm. doesn't serve us either. And that's what I love about Matriarch and what you guys do is the ability to help these young women, help these help older women really yeah. have that safe space and, and have that environment of trust to where it's like, yeah. hey, you can say any manner of crazy things that you want in here. That's right. You are not. That's dead. right. You are okay. We will hear it. And we're going to save it for you. And we're going to, you know, we're going to sit with you and hold your hand through it. And we have two uh, pregnant uh, women right now who, who are having just a horrible experience because they're not able to share any of those, you know, the ultrasounds or the visits or, you know, all those fears that you have whenever you're pregnant, they have to do all of it alone. And it is just, you know, it's like, this is a horrible time to be pregnant. And, uh, I mean, I say that it's never a bad time to, to, to have a child with you and to be pregnant, but it is a, it is devastating to them to not be able to, um, to, to be able to do it the way that they dreamed that they would. Um, and so there's just a lot of support and a lot of tears and, um, at the same time, we balance that, you know, we're, and then women, we have lots of laughter at the same time. And so, um, we, we find a good balance. Absolutely. Well, I just, I love your organization. Matriarch is fantastic. Check it out. Thank you so much, Sarah Adams Cornell here in the hot seat with me today. Thank you so much for taking the time to share this with us and to let us know how you're doing. And uh, we're going to be checking in with you because we got some big things, big doings going on that uh, we want yes. to work with you. So. Well, thank you, Kelly. It was such a pleasure to, to catch up and, and uh, um, I will talk to you soon. Absolutely. Thank you so much, everybody. If you miss any of the episodes of our fine shows, all you have to do is go wherever you get your podcasts, or you can go to the Talk Jive homepage and click the podcast tab. I'm Kelly J. Lewis with Sarah Adams Cornell. Thank you so much for tuning in. Have a great day.